You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Welcome back, guys, to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am your host, Victor, and I'm so excited to be back here recording a brand new episode, the first ever episode recorded in North Carolina. Number one. Number one. Number one. This is this is my interim co-host. Interim. Interim co-host. Yeah. No, it's interim. I thought it was interim. Interim. Like when it's a like when it's a this head coach. This is my co-host just for this episode. Like now. when a head coach gets fired in mid-season, there's a guy who comes in, he's the interim. He's the interim head coach. He's the interim. Interim. Okay, it's got we, a T in have, there. We have a There's time a T in there. And I'm we sorry. Can't, we can't you also definitely debating. went with the yo 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 intro. And I yo want yo yo. Welcome back, that's guys. A t- that's a terrible to a brand idea. new episode of Bring Grace. That, you podcast. should now make shirts that say yo 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 on them. I am not and sell to that. Bra- bringing grace to the nation's yo yo. Yeah, and the the shirt can be a picture of my face. Right, and of you just doing one of these, like you just yo yo yo. And then the like caption the, can be Boo Australia. Right. Right in the bottom. The people listening to the podcast. The Facebook Live no people know what that. I'm saying. The, the Facebook, Facebook Live, Live people, people know, know what we're that. talking about. Everybody go to Outback Steakhouse. Represent. Hashtag Boo Australia. Hashtag Boo Australia. Start it on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Gosh. We have the coolest topic to start yes. off our time in North Carolina. But before we even dive into our topic, we're in North Carolina. We freaking are in North we're Carolina. In North, North. We're in we're North. North. We're in North. We're in North. 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 Carolina. North freaking Carolina. <laughs> I remember we had dinner in August this past year, yeah. and you were like, I have big news, and I was like, I have big news, and I was like, you go first. Was this when we went to Daily Eats? This is when we went to Daily Eats. Yeah. We hadn't seen each and other. And Ebor, Tampa. Ebor, yeah. yeah. We hadn't seen each other. You had your crazy, awful summer. Yeah. Right? Death, and I, then... I call it the hashtag death summer. Right. You yeah. didn't die, but it was death summer. Yeah, death summer. We saw each other hang out, like... First time having dinner, right. and you like, hey, I've got news. I'm like, cool, what is it? And you're like, dude, I think I'm going to go to Southeastern in January. And I was like, you won't believe what my news is. <laughs> I'm also going to Southeastern in January. It was crazy. It was nuts. It was and awesome. So it's been a buildup. Like, we've yeah. been... We've been preparing. Yeah. Uh, you've graduated. I graduated college. Hallelujah. Paid, praise the you Lord. You paid like $190 to get your... Uh, the degree? Oh, stop. So that's great. Stop. Are you going to graduation? Oh, my gosh. I am going to go to graduation. Cool. Yeah. I want to be... I, I, I'll support you. It's I'm a big to, deal. It is. You graduated. Didn't you say on a recent podcast episode that if I graduated, you I would wouldn't not go? go? Yeah. You just said you'd go. So, to see you. So are you alive? Because I support you. So are you alive? In everything you do. Do you Because I'm go? a faithful brother in Christ. I don't believe you. I would second. actually go just to roast the people. Man. That's what I would think. Um, That's what I would think. But yeah, still, you graduated. Congratulations. Finally. That's Thank great. goodness. Took um, long enough. I mean... But we're good. Yeah, it <laughs> took long enough. But yeah. we're good. Um... But yeah, now we're at Southeastern That's Baptist it. Theological Seminary. And when we say Baptist, we say Southeastern Baptist Theological yeah, Seminary. Yeah, we... There's always an emphasis Baptist. on Baptist because Baptist. if you come here and you're not Baptist, are you even Christian? That's it. And that's that's actually the topic of our show today. Baptist equals Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> that is that is not the topic. No, that's not. At all. <laughs> but we are talking about one of your favorite all-time topics and it's yeah. actually what made me want to record this topic yeah. because you're super passionate about it. It's kind of the center of my theology. 
Right. Well, God's the center of my theology. Even more so <laughs> in this topic is the literally the exact same sentence. Right? So tonight, we're talking about the Trinity. Yeah. We're talking about the doctrine of the Trinity. Is there like, is it like Trinitariology? What's the... Trinitarian... Trinitarian... Theology? The Trinitarian Right, view. so the doctrine of the Trinity? There should be... A, we should coin a new term. The... Trinostologically. No. That's, that's a bad idea. We should talk. There's no that's other... Horrible. There's like we're going to leave that to like the real podcast. So we're going to leave that to like Jojo and Fofo. Like we're going to leave oh, it to like wow. Doctrine and Devotion. No, we're going to we're gonna leave that to Joel Osteen Sermon Podcast. Per- no, you know what? And then Brian Houston should start a podcast. He should. And we should tell him. We should sponsor him. We'll, oh my... Done. That's... Okay, guys, donate to Bringing Grace to the Nations. If We're going to officially sponsor If you donate, God will multiply your give donations. Give the billion flow. Time. I want you to give the billion flow. I'm just going to declare it to you. Right, I'm just going to declare it. Dude, you need, you need a private jet. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, well, so I can... Because you got to fly from so Tampa. So I can gospel harder. you got to fly from Tampa to North Carolina and back. Back. So you Daily. Need, you need a private jet. Um. Yeah. There's anyway. So, there's so much stuff that goes into that. Insurance and, and gas. A pilot. Well, I can do that. That's, Could you? That's not even. I feel like that's. You just. I'm colorblind. You just so I fly. I mean, I'm colorblind. You just I, can't. Fly. I legit can't the fly. GPS a plane. Take you know that? Um, nuts. All right. Anyway, Trinity. we have no time. We have 35 yeah, I minutes. I know. And so, we have to go in. So, this. welcome back. Season two. Yes. Episode two. We're, we're back. so excited. The Trinity. We've kind of. Yeah. So, so, as we said, we're Baptist. Right. And so we feel like we need to give cool words, but they don't all have the same beginning. So, never mind. But we we broke the podcast into three separate parts. We did um, a trinity, a trinity within a trinity. To def- so to we're at a Baptist seminary. Right. So we figured we might as well give a three point discussion on right. the trinity. Baptist right. notoriously, it's three points. Three points. Right now, um, they're not all alliterated. Which which would be like, like Southern Baptist. That's like if we were in Louisville. Like right. if we were at Southern, it would be three point alliterated. Yeah, and, and it would be about why if Calvinism. we were at Southern and they just took like like right. a like a hydrogen hose. That's it, and just stuck it in our ear. That's what would and happen. just puffed our head full of. Wow, hydrogen. we're just going to insult just, Southern right now. Up. We're just going to insult our sister seminary. I'm on a you are roasting man. everybody. Okay, but yeah. yeah, today what are we talking about? Trinity. Victor? So we've broken it up into yeah. three separate sections. Boom. Uh, and, and we're we're gonna try and give the the overview of the Trinity, but not only the overview of the trinity but also how it directly uh, applies to our christian life because uh, we could talk about trinitarian theology right Certainly. but if if we don't talk about you know the part where we're drafted into that type of communion and we don't talk about how that it affects our life and in our christianity as a whole then we're wasting our time i think theology without any personal applications bad, bad theology. theology so even though we're talking about a topic that we might think is really weighty that is really highly intellectual we want to say no it's really really not that highly right. intellectual right. it's actually very foundational to everything you believe right. as a believer this is this is core orthodoxy it is the very core of what we believe right. as christians like if you don't believe in the trinity yes you are you are outside Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but in addition, it's not just an intellectual fact you agree to. It's something that actually personally applies to your daily walk as a believer. Absolutely. So our three points, right? Mm-hmm. Our first point number one is identity. Right. Right. We're just going to ask a really simple question: What is the Trinity? Yeah. Right. When we say the doctrine of the Trinity, what, what do we mean? What do we mean? What does the Bible say? Right. Now, you and I are good. We're decent. Bible readers, yeah, fantastic, right? Fantastic. We read the Bible. We are 
aspiring theologians. Right, we're learning, we're getting our degree in this We're area. getting there. I mean, I'm um, getting a master's in divinity. You're finishing your undergrad. Wow. You're not technically at the seminary yet. Wow. So, no big deal. Wow. Um, I've been a Christian way longer. How, how does that have longer. anything to do with scal- scholarly uh, don't even material? Anyway, anyway, um, when we talk about the Trinity, we have to first kind of recognize the word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. We cannot find it. It's you not there. It. It, there's no in Hebrew in the original Old Testament. It's nowhere, and in the uh, original Greek New Testament, it's nowhere. Right. Right. So, do are we being heretical when by saying there's a tri- tri- right by saying a word that ascribes to the character of God? Are right. we are we saying something that's not there? Well, we're what we're doing as good theologians is we're noticing what's present within the text, and we're giving a name to an implication of the character of God and the nature of God that's in the text. Specifically, probably the text that everybody goes to to talk about the identity Mm -hmm. of God is Matthew 28 and the Great Commission. Now, we go to Southeastern. It's a Great Commission seminary. How are we not going to start with Matthew 28, right? It's foundational. We have to. So uh, here's Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, watch this, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mm. This is the primary declaration in Scripture of God being one God, Mm. yet three distinct persons. Augustine was the guy who came up with the word persons and used the word persons to identify the threefold Godhead. Um, I like the Oxford Dictionary of Christianity. Um, The central doctrine of Christian theology that one God exists in three persons of one substance, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is one, yet is self-differentiated, yet remains one in all of eternity. Right. And so we're saying we're, Christianity is not a polytheistic religion. Correct. Correct. There is a one God. It is one God. And, and so we are <clears throat> monotheistic. We right. believe in the one God def- in in three persons right. as the definition uh, talks about. And, and there's a post on Grace Nation, and I'm going to link it uh, in the show notes, but uh, it's important to know and it's important to realize that even though they're one God, it's not that they add up Correct. to one God. Right. It, the the Father isn't 33.33333% exactly. God. The Son's not 33.3%. Like, exactly. No, they are all each 100% God right. in themselves. And I think we need to identify, we've already identified it's critical and essential to the Christian mm-hmm. faith. It's so incredibly unique. Go talk to a Muslim, yeah. go talk to a Buddhist, yeah. go talk to any, a Jewish individual. All of them would say that we're we're kind of leaning right. polytheistic, right? Right, because we're saying that there's one God, yet Jesus is God, but so is the Holy Spirit, but so is the Father, right? And that's why we have to identify that very specifically in our individual theology. God is one, yet in three distinct persons. Now, what happens then when we start to explain that is we want to start trying to. Explain it in the best way we can, because honestly, if you're a lay person in theology, if you've read tomes and tomes of biblical and systematic theology, you can't fully explain how that works. Yeah. Our brain cannot comprehend or 
accurately explain in its fullest yeah. the workings of the Trinity. We can't do it, right? Like, that's where we see all these analogies come up, right? right? God is like a three-leaf clover, right? Or God is like uh, H2O. He's like uh, water and ice mm. and vapor, right? right? But ultimately, like, the, some of the best critical theology we've ever seen is that little YouTube video with, like, yeah. St. Patrick's bad analogies. <laughs> like, that's mortalism, Patrick! Like... All, I'll link that in the show you notes. Need you need to watch it, please. It. All analogies about God as Trinity, or God in general, will ultimately fall apart. And, right. and here's the reason. It's a very simple reason. Um, God is creator. We are creature. Right. And as creatures, we cannot fully comprehend the creator. He right. can fully comprehend us. Right. He fully knows us. He fully wired us, can see the inside out of who we are, everything, entirely ever. We, however, as finite creatures made of dust, will only ever see a small amount of who he truly is right. according to what he reveals. Right. So he's revealed that he's one God in three persons, right. but has given no information of how that operates, what the, what even that fully can mean. Right. I mean, we can right. look at scripture and kind of see, okay, well, the Father does this and the Son kind of does this right. and the Spirit does this, but we don't, we can't conceive. We can't get it. All of the inner workings right. behind it. How are three things 100% the same? Exactly. And that's where we have to say that this is expressible doctrine, but not fully explainable. And we have to rest mm. there and be okay with right. it. Um, but you mentioned this. We can see, however, how the Trinity moves in all the roles of redemption. Right? right? That, right. like, God isn't just move. Like, God the Father didn't just move in one part, and God the Son move in another, and the Spirit move right. in another. I think sometimes when we read our Bible, we think, like, Old Testament's God the Father, like, Gospels are Jesus, and then, like, Acts forward. is... Like, maybe only the book of Acts yeah, is, like, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Like Pentecost. Right, and on. that's it. Right. Right? And what we actually see in Scripture is something completely different. So right. you're going to have to watch me on time because you know I talk. Oh, I got you. You're I got gonna, you. You know I talk. Okay. So we're going to look at kind of the, the role of redemption, right, in holistic biblical redemption history. Right. And we're going to look at this in three events. Okay. Creation. Okay. Reconciliation. Okay. And final redemption. Okay. So here's the question we're going to ask. What is God, the triune God's role in creation? Right? So let's look to Genesis 1, 1, and 2. Right? Okay. right at, yeah. Start at the beginning. Right. right? Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Immediately, we see a tri the beginnings of a triune description yeah. of God in creation. Right. Right? God who created the heavens and the earth? God. And and when we so even we see it spelled out plainly in our English language, even in Genesis 1 and 2, which is awesome. But even if we take a step further yeah. and look at the original Hebrew, we see that the word... So there's tons of, of names that are used for God yeah. in the Old Testament. Uh, and Elohim is one of them. And, and again, you can look on Grace Nation. We have a post about Elohim. Elohim is a beautiful word, and it's the first yes. name yep. for God that's used in Scripture. And it's both singular... Yep. And yep. plural at the same time. And so we right. see, like, in the beginning is one word, right? That's one word. God, singular. God is the subject. Yes. And the subject is singular 
and plural at the same time. Yes. And what did he do? Created. Right. So subject, God, purpose, creation. Right. Like he created. Right. Um, and, and we can see that when we look at the original Hebrew, yeah. we see that God is both singular and plural at yeah. the same time. And then it plays out where the, the spirit was hovering yes. over the water. He spoke. Yes. And we read that the word yes. is Jesus. And it just plays out. It's incredible. And you mentioned the original Hebrew. The word here for spirit is ruach. Ruah is quite literally breath. Yeah. Right? So the Holy Spirit, quite literally the breath of God, right, in us, was present at creation and was hovering over creation. Mm. We could say in all of this that God the Father is the author, God the Son is the actor, and God the Holy Spirit is the approver. Right. Right? So God the Father in in his mind had creation already laid out as Mm. the author. Right. God the Spirit was the approver hovering over the waters. Right? But where is God the Son as the actor? Well, in Colossians 1, we hear this unbelievable description of Jesus. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. We could do 10 podcasts on that. Yeah. For by him all things... Watch this. For by Jesus all things... Things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. I think that means all things. Mm-hmm. All things were created through him and for him. Mm. So where is Jesus in the Trinity, in the Trinitarian movement of <laughs> creation? He is the fact he's the one creation happened through right for and because of yeah right yeah so god the father is the author god the son is the actor and god the spirit is the approver mm. of creation and just to kind of add on top of that and i, and I don't want to throw you off of course because i'm no, just thinking fine, uh, but remember we went and had burgers one night at, at a burger which place. time we go we uh, eat burgers at the the burger Bad place. Daddy's Bad Daddy's. Yeah. It was a really good burger. You didn't fun. like it, whatever. I didn't like it, but it was okay. Uh, but I, I was talking to you about a passage that I had just read yeah. in John 1. And I, and I kind of want to touch on this, and then I want you to explain what the past tense uh, actually shows uh, in the language. So I'll read from John 1. I'll just read the first few verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, actor, yeah. right? And without him, uh, and without him was not anything that was made. Mm. So he wasn't absent from anything. Yeah. Uh, in him was life, and life, uh, and the life uh, was the light of men. Yeah. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. And so, yeah. in this text, we see in the beginning was past tense, right? And the word was past tense, right? And the word was God, right? So yeah. there's a ton of past tense, right? And it kind of caught uh, my my eye. And so, why? What? What is the? So, what is the purpose? of the use of this past tense language. And I think in our English language, we can be so quick to misinterpret what the Greek actually meant. Past tense is past tense. Right. Like in our language, the past is past. Right. Has absolutely no implications for our future. Right. And the way this is written in the Greek, however, completely flips that on. Yeah, it's opposite. It is a past event with innumerable future consequences. Right, mm. that like what happens in the past continues internally forward in the future. Mm. The other example of this is Tetalistai. You remember when Jesus died on the cross and his last words were, It is finished. 
right? Well, the right. Greek word of that is tetalistai. Now, right. tetalistai is in the same verb tense. Right. Tetalistai was actually put on cardboard, uh, or cardboard, little wood uh, carvings outside of jail cells. Whenever a right. prisoner was finished with their sentence, the door would open, and on the outside of their cell would be placed a sign that said, Talistai. Mm. It is finished. It's a past consequence. It's a past event. It's finished with innumerable future consequences. Right. And I, that is just like yeah. poetry. Like it's just beautiful. beautiful. And, and that text, like, uh, I mean, it just has. We could do a whole podcast on just the first four verses of John. We could. But, but it, we have to keep future going. hope on. Like even in our post fall world. The, the darkness has not overcome yeah. the light and it just gives us this beautiful but I wanted to just bring that up because that tense uh, I think we can easily misinterpret it with our English uh, interpretation our English translation yeah. of of the original uh, Greek right everybody needs to learn Greek and so I think so yeah I think it's, um, it's beautiful but okay so but we go from creation so that we've right? talked about so creation author actor approver in creation which now, is another trinity which is a whole trinity, trinity we're just doing all of them yeah, it's fun um, hey we went to trinity college too so boom there's another one slip that in there we don't talk about okay. that um in creation, but also in reconciliation, in the mm. ministry of reconciliation mm. of God to his people. Right. Now, Acts 4, 24 to 28 does a great job of this. This is the apostles, this is the, the disciples after being let out from prison, praying to God. And they're going to have a request later, but here's the praise that he gives to God right before the request. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and his anointed. Hmm. Watch this. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, watch this, to do whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place. Wow. So the apostles, having watched and lived with Jesus through his entire right. ministry, experienced the crucifixion as a spectator, mm. saw the resurrected Jesus, and have now gone through Pentecost. Mm. See clearly that the ministry of reconciliation through Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension was foreknown and acted upon in eternity past completely by God the Father, mm. the author, acted in God the in present by God the right, Son, right. and then carried out and approved right. by God the Spirit. So what what is it what is it that Ephesians talks about when you receive the Spirit of God? You receive it's a seal. Seals are approval, right. right? So the Holy Spirit is the approving it is the, seal. It's the kingly. It's the kingly seal. seal. It's and the once approval. It's stamped, yes, it cannot be yes. revoked. It is the approving seal of your reconciliation through the action of the Son, because of the authorship of the mm. Father. Unbelievable. Yes, unbelievable. Absolutely. But here's the thing: we get all of this to finally point to what is the ultimate movement. 
It's creation, it's reconciliation, but it's final redemption. Mm. We yeah. could spend a lot of time, a lot of time yeah. on Revelation and on the Holy Spirit in Revelation. Yeah. We could talk about Jesus. I mean, Jesus is literally everywhere. Yeah. I mean, God, the Father's literally everywhere in Revelation. Uh, but I think the main point we want to make is that in Revelation 22, there is this climactic final scene of all of history right. is coming to an end. We're seeing right. a closing of the book of history. Right. And Jesus proclaims, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end, right? And so at the end of days, Jesus is proclaiming that he is the final actor because of the author and given proof by the approver. Wow. It's a beautiful it's thing. Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. Yeah. And and I think just just to kind of uh, speak on a uh, on a topic real quick. I think and Christianity, there's nothing wrong with this because Jesus is the like he is the purpose of our Christianity, yeah. right? Like like the belief in Jesus's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension is like our core foundation as Christians. However. It is so easy for us, and we are so quick to disregard the Spirit yeah. and the Father right. as a part of our Christianity. I would say especially the Spirit. The Spirit yeah. uh, especially. And, you know, I am not for the Pentecostal movement right. or the charismatic movement. I'm not. But they do have an emphasis on the Spirit that, unfortunately, a lot of reformers or even just Classic Christians. Can, can we say white Christians? White Christians. Can we white say that as white guys? Like, just disregard pe- the people. The spirit. Out. Yeah. We're just like, ah, uh, um, spirit, ghost, no. Yeah. And like, we, we kind of just, just throw it out. Yeah. But he is the approver. He yeah. is the breath yeah. of God. And, and we can't be so quick to Agreed. just disregard him Agreed. as just something that is Agreed. kind of there, but we don't really talk about Agreed. Um, well, now we got to kind of move towards personal application. And so right. we talked about the trend in terms of identity we talked about the trinity in terms of like role in the drama right. of history but but now we're going to kind of zero in to the daily life of it all. right because we can talk about all the doxology we want we can talk about all the doctrine all the theology we would have so it. much fun and it would be great yes but but without application it's bad theology it is bad theology and so that's what so here's so the we're point we're going to make to conclude god's triune nature is not just a theological fact but it is an ever-present reality that we are actually invited into. And so point one was talking about identity. Point two is talking about role. Point three, we're talking about delight. We're going to delight in God. So this is John 17. This is Jesus in the high priestly prayer. This is right at the end of the high priestly prayer. Mm-hmm. Listen carefully for Jesus' language about you and me mm-hmm. and our communion with the Trinity. Listen. He's praying to the Father. I do not ask for these only, referring to the apostles present, but for those who will believe in me through their word. Us. Oh, it's right? so awesome. Which is crazy. Jesus for prays us. for us. Like, it's uh. just unbelievable. That they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory you have given me, I've given to them, so that they may be even one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become more perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you've given me, again, that's us, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. 
O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these that know that you have sent me, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So there is so much there. Yeah, that's like there is so podcasts. much there. There's so much there. But yeah. here's here's kind of what we're gonna center on. God the Father and Son and Holy Spirit have been mutually delighting and rejoicing in one another since before the world began. Right. Right? God is not a Zeus-esque demigod with an insecurity complex or a little kid sitting on an anthill, right? right? He's not solo alone. He's also not lonely. Right. God like he didn't, he didn't miss us. He, he didn't, didn't miss us, right. Hillsong, right? Like he, didn't, like, he didn't want heaven without us. No, right. he right. was eternally happy, yeah. joyful. With his fellowship and communion yes. with himself. within himself yeah. before the foundation of the world. God has eternally been in delight yeah. with himself. He's right. been in eternal, complete community with himself. So watch, I love how C.S. Lewis says this. God is a, is a dynamic, pulsating activity. Wow. A life, almost a kind of drama, almost, if you will not think me irreverent, a kind of dance. The union between the Father and the Son is such a live, concrete thing that this union itself is also a person. It is as if a sort of communal personality has come mm-hmm. into existence. God is a dance of delight and enjoyment. Wow. Come on. Wow. Like, God is a dance of delight and enjoyment. Wow. He's continually living in joy and peace and gladness, Mm. right? So you think, okay, Tyler, are you the only person who's thought of this? No. (laughs) Duh. C.S. Lewis wrote about it. Yeah. Like, so many other people wrote about it. But Tolkien actually picked this up in his uh, Silmarillion novels. If you've read the Silmarillion, which... I hope everyone has. Uh, the opening scene, this this God character, actually is in so much joy that he begins to think of, out of his joyous thoughts, other angelic beings who then sing creation into being. God in the Silmarillion is an orchestra conductor. Wow. He's joyously conducting a song which inspires creation. Yeah. Right? Lewis probably copied... Tolkien, because in The Magician's Nephew, we see Aslan doing the same thing. Aslan arrives on the scene, and the first thing we see him doing is singing creation into being. Singing a song of joy, peace, and liveliness. So we could ask then, why did God create? Why did God reconcile? Why did God do all this? He did it out of an overflow of joy. Have you ever been so joyful that you couldn't sit still? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like many times. Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, kind of exciting. Right? Yeah. Like I me getting my acceptance letter to come here at school. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Right? Like you can't sit still. You have to jump up and down. These things are overflows of joy and God has eternally been in a place of delight and joy, and everything he does is an overflow mm. of the delight and joy he experiences within himself. Um but it doesn't end there. Uh, because these are not just true things about God, we're actually not invited just to be spectators within this. We're right. not supposed to just right. know this is true, but we're supposed to actually be invited into it. We are invited into the mutual mm. delight of God. Listen back to the verse. Listen to these few little sections from Jesus' section, from Jesus' verse. 
prayer. The glory that you have... I'm giving so so excited I can't talk. The glory that you have given to me, I have given to them, so that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me. So what's there's a participatory nature right, right? right listen again i have made it known to them by your name and i will continue to make it known that the love with which you've loved me may be in them right and i in them right salvation does not mean you are simply declared righteous and i think we reform people need to get that wow you are not just simply declared righteous it's right. not just a courtroom right right you are declared righteous and then you're invited into a dance yeah you are invited into a dance of mutual delight with the god whom you serve God has delighted in Jesus since before the foundation of the world, right. who has delighted in the spirit before the foundation of the world. The author, actor, and approver has now invited you to join the dance of delight. Yeah. Right? I love what Lewis says. The whole dance or drama or pattern of this three-personal life is being played out in each one of us. Or putting it the way, other way around, each of us has got to enter the pattern. We have to take our place in the mm. dance. Mm. There is no other way to the happiness for which we were made. Wow. The joy we want so desperately is only found in delighting, dancing with the God who created us. That we've been invited, invited into. Like like we like this joy that's yeah. overflowing from God, just a drop of it. Like that joy is infinitely yeah. overflowing and just a drop yeah, of it is good. enough to transform right. even just one person. And so I think when we just even begin to experience just yeah. the slightest touch of that of that joy that's just overflowing from yeah. from God's throne is enough to transform yeah. even the worst of yeah. sinners. Um, and so like we can delight in the communion yeah. that God, like the same delight that God has in the communion with the father, the son and the spirit is the same delight that we can have right. in our relationship yeah. with God right. and, and the church. And, and we're called and we kind of see this played yeah. out more and more, you know, theology that's laying out in, in, in the epistles and things right. like that that we could just spend so much time diving into, but, yeah. but we can just take this joy, this overlying joy that, that is pouring out from God's throne and we have free access yeah, and are invited into just bathe in it. Yeah. And like, th that's our purpose yeah. as Christians. And, and that joy that we experience yeah. from the, from the throne of God should entice us and encourage us and motivate us yeah. to, to bring every living soul that we know to bathe in that That's joy good. with us That's because good. we are experiencing such heights yeah. and such depths of God's love. Yeah. And I want to briefly clarify when we say we're invited into the we're dance. We're not God. We're not God. We're not invited on the same level, but we are invited as a participant of joy. Yeah. And right. I think I think that's like I think a good way to think about it is the same delight that yeah. God gets between the communion of mm -hmm. himself is the same is that we're invited into, into that, that delight. Yes, yes. Into that experience, yes. into that community right. and we can experience that same type of joy right. that God himself has yes. in himself. When I was 5 years old, I I was invited to go into the uh, New York Yankees dugout during a baseball game. I got to go in the dugout. I met Jared, Derek Jeter. I met Bernie Williams. I met all my heroes, right? I got to go be in the dugout and experience the dugout, but I was by no means an equal participate, participant in the dugout. Right. right, right. I had no understanding of anything going on except that I was there. 
Right. And the dance is that we are by no means equal participants, but we are there. Yeah. We are joyfully there right. in the dance and the participation of God. Absolutely. So here's here's my application question, and I, I think we should close with this. Yeah. Does this describe your relationship to God? Mm. Would you describe your relationship with God as a delighting dance? Yeah. Is your relationship with God more out of duty? Yeah. Right? Do you think I, I have to wake up and uh, do things to please him? I have to do Is these it things. Is this a legalistic system yes. that we've entrenched ourselves in? I have in. to read a chapter of Proverbs right. a day or else I'm, go- I'm disobedient. Right. I'm going to sin today God's going to be mad at me right. if I don't. Or do you view all of your life as entering into a dance of delight? Do you do you delight in the God right. that you serve? Yeah. Is he the apple of your eye, the treasure yeah. of your heart? Do you delight in him as he delights in you? So yeah. that I think that's a good place to end. I think that's I think we kind of covered it. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, in the time amount that we had, uh, I think I think we were able to kind of just just dip get our toes wet. Yeah. Uh, in this in this just pool of beautiful theology. Yeah. Um, we do apologize. We've been having some audio trouble, and there might be a cut or two in this clip. Uh, but if if there is, just bear with us. We're getting used to this new environment. Yeah. We're getting used to this new room that probably echoes a lot more than a the previous bit. one. And so we're just uh, getting used to it. I'm going to do my best in editing, but I'm sorry. Just give us a week or two to kind of iron those things out. Next week, we are interviewing boop, boop. an artist. Boop, boop. I'm super excited for that. It's going to be our first ever interview that, we, that we're that we doing on uh, Bringing Grace to the Nations. Yeah. And in a few weeks, we're going to be interviewing another artist. Let's go. One of my, like... Favorite artist and like it's like I don't want to I don't want to push him up because like he went to Trinity and like kind of knew him. We know him, like, like but he's awesome. He's great. Uh, and so we're excited to announce the date for that this yeah. week whenever I get that in. So, guys, thanks for tuning in, Tyler. Thanks for being here for a few oh weeks. Oh my gosh, thank um, you for letting me be here. Yeah, I'm super excited. We have some really cool interviews coming up. Just, not even with those two artists. Like we're super pumped, but we have some even bigger. Uh, things get ready. Just like just buckle get ready, up guys. Because the, uh, get the train ready. is taken off. It's like a bullet train. Yeah. From here to Antarctica. Oof. And like, why are we going to Antarctica? Because it's cool. You know where we should go? Well, Australia. No. <laughs> get that heresy out of this room. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Oh Make sure you gosh. subscribe. If you have any questions, email us. Bringing Grace or Grace Nation Ministries at yahoo.com. That's my email. There you go. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, shoot us a Facebook message, uh, and we Facebook Live all of our live stream or yes. all of our podcasts. Yes. So if you guys want to watch the podcast just a few days early, uh, make sure to tune in to the live stream. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, take care and God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.